chapters, and then I'll wrap it up back again in the book of Kings. Um, let's go to um, number 17. Number 17, and they have it up on the screen. Um, in verse uh, 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and get from them a rod from each father's house, all their leaders, according to their father's houses. Twelve rods, write each man's name on his rod. And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. Then you shall place in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus, I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against you. Now, if you look at the story, the Bible says they complained. There was some sort of faction or uh, envy, I guess. Everybody wanted to be the priest. And God says, I haven't selected everybody to be my priest. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a distinction. And I want all the 12 leaders to come into the tent of meeting. And every one of you guys, I want you to bring basically a stick. And God says the stick, the dead stick that I caused to bloom will bloom. Somebody say, let it bloom. Let it bloom. I said a few months back or a couple weeks ago, I can't remember when it was. But I said, how many of you guys are ready for a season of fruitfulness in your life? I know I am. How many of you are, are ready for a season of fruitfulness? Two people. How many of you are ready for a season of bearing fruit? This ministry has planted a lot of seed. We have planted a lot of seed, and this is the year of fruit. This is the year of the harvest. There is a law of the harvest, and the Bible says that you will reap where you sow. There, there's a lot of people that want to live in the field of blessing. I could sum up my, my message real quick right here. There's a lot of people that want to live in the field of blessing, want to reap a field of blessings, but they don't want to be the beast of burden. They don't want to bear the yoke. No quieren cargar la yuga, el yugo. Everybody wants the blessings of the field. Everybody wants the blessings of the harvest. Everybody wants to be great, but nobody wants to be the beast. Hello. I ain't getting no help in here this morning. Nope, everybody wants to be great, but they don't want to be the beast of burden. Let's go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 6. Believe it or not, this message, and it'll make sense to you, I wrote in February 20th of 2019, and it just sat in my Bible, sat in my shelf, and you know, if I wanted to be spiritual, I would say the Lord didn't let me release the word. No, it just wasn't season. It was it wasn't in season. How many of you guys are ready for a season change? How many of you guys are looking forward to spring and summer? How many of you guys? We're, I mean, we've had dark days and we've had COVID and closures and well, I mean, there's just a, a, a strange seasons that have been upon us. A lot of uh, uh, you know, just just. 
darkness and storms and you know we wanted to leave texas how many of you guys know but we ain't leaving texas we wanted to we wanted to go somewhere else where it's greener we wanted to go to the beach and god says i'm about ready to bloom it's a new season coming upon your life i'm ready for a new season you know there was some times in our life in just the recent history where it seemed like all we had was fall weather all we had was winter and darkness and it was gloomy out there and it didn't seem in our summertime was like a dead time. And I remember going outside and thinking it don't make a difference anymore. We're just, I just, just, just bring another day. But I want a fruitful day. In First Kings chapter 6, we're going to actually go to verse 13. But verse 12 says, concerning this temple, which you are building, if you walk in my statues, execute my judgments, Keep all my commandments and walk in them. Then notice what God says. I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father, David. He says, I will perform my promise. How many of you guys know we could shout right there and just leave? He says, God says, I will perform my word in your life. I will perform my word, which I spoke to your father, David. And verse 13 says, and I will dwell among the children of Israel. And I will not forsake my people, Israel. And then I love verse 14, it says, so Solomon built the temple and finished it. He built the temple and he finished it. And what I'm praying for is that in this church, we would develop the spirit of a finisher. How many of you guys have, have started projects, but you haven't ended the project? I've got projects, we got projects everywhere. Started undone projects, projects that are just sitting in the back burner. And prod, I could I could name this message home repairs. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of leaks in the roof and there's a lot of holes in the wall. Why is there so much unfinished work? It hasn't got started. In order to be a starter, in order to be a finisher, you got to be a starter. The spirit of a finisher. But that's not my message. I'm just, just plowing the ground right now. Let's go to my... Then in the inside of the temple was cedar carved with ornamental buds and open flowers. Somebody say open flowers. All was cedar. There was no stone to be seen. And then if you fall down to verse... 29 then all then he carved all the walls of the temple and all around both the inner and the outer sanctuaries with carved figures cherubim palm trees and open flowers and the floor of the temple he overlaid with gold both the inner and the outer sanctuaries notice there's the inner and the outer and for the entrance of the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood. The lintel and the doorposts were one-fifth of the wall. The two doors. Notice that there's two doors. There's two entrances. How many of you guys know that there's single blessings? And then there's double blessings. There's a single anointing and then there's a double anointing. And he said, if you want to come into my presence, you can come in one way or you can come in through the wider door. You can come in with the single anointing or you can come in with the, and the doors weren't made of just any wood. They were made of hard pressed olive wood, palm trees and open flowers. Verse 32, then the two doors were of olive wood and he carved on them figures of cherubim, palm trees and open flowers i told you something's about ready to bloom in your life 
How many of you guys say, Lord, I'm ready to bear fruit in my life? Lord, I've planted seed. Lord God, I'm ready. I'm ready for the harvest. I'm ready for the increase. How many of you would say, Lord, I'm ready for the increase? Well, are you willing to carry the beast of burden? The beast of burden. You know, yesterday I was thinking to myself, complaining internally, I got this to do and this to do and that to do and this to do. And I was just raking dirt and raking leaves and just raking dirt. And I came over here and it's like, man, something's always got to be done. They can never find the time to do it. And God says, you want the yoke? You want the mantle of blessing, but you don't want the yoke of blessing. And the Bible said, God told uh, 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 Moses and Aaron, I want you to take the 12 leaders and I want you to bring them with their rod and the rod which I caused to bloom will be my priests. He says, God said, in other words, I'm going to, I'm going to allow someone to bloom and others not to bloom. I'm going to cause growth in others and I'm going to cause others to receive a harvest. Hey, it's up to you. You choose to bloom or not. You can be in church and remain a dry stick. You can be a dry stick. You can sit there as dead as a doornail. And God says, you don't want to believe God for increase. This person wants to believe. I'll let them bloom. I'll bear fruit in their life. Aaron's rod. The Bible says it, it budded. It budded. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, the apostle Peter said, Having been born again of incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And he says, Because all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. God told Solomon, the word which I spoke to your father, it will be completed. The word which I spoke to your father David, it will bear fruit. I will perform my good word. My good word, I will perform it. Your good word towards me, tell God, you promised, Lord, that you would perform your good, your good word towards me. And Lord God, sometimes I come to church and the flower has faded. The flower has fallen. I don't want to preach great messages and this isn't a revelation. I just want to help somebody this morning. We haven't been rejoicing. There's a lot of depressed and sad and Worried people in the church, but God told Solomon, when you build the church and when you build the inner sanctuary of the church, this is what I want you to do. I want you to carve open flowers. I want my people, when they come into the house of God, to see open flowers. I want them to see growth. I want them to see life. I want them to see that garden that you've planted. How many of you guys know that it's, it's a beautiful thing to walk into maybe your grandmother's garden? And just you admire the growth. You admire the flowers. Why? Because there's something about growth and flowers. And God said, when my people come into the sanctuary, I want them to see open flowers. Open flowers. And I know that I'm speaking to a lot of people that the flower has faded and the flower has died. But the Bible says, my word which I have spoken will endure forever. The word which I send forth, he said, it will accomplish that for which I have sent it. But there is a danger. The Bible says that as the flower withers, the grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. You need to have a rhema word. The word there in, in Greek is rhema. 
the living word of God, the revealed word of God, the prophetic word of God. He says, you got to have the prophetic word of God over your life when those times of withering come, when those times of fall come, because you will have those days of discouragement. You will have those seasons of no growth. You will have those dry spells in your life. That's why you got to come into the church to have that view of open flowers. That's why your presence in the church matters, because when people see you in church, they say there's life in there. There's life in there. There's life in there. There is a danger of falling away. He says, the grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. That word falls away in the Greek is, and this is a new one for me, and I don't know if I can pronounce it, but it's ekpipto, ekpipto. And that word means to drop away. How many of you guys have seen people that you thought were mature in the word and mature in the Lord? They've just fallen away. Why? Because they don't have the rhema word. You got to get the rhema word. He says specifically, or be driven out of one's course to lose, to be inefficient. There's a lot of inefficient Christians in the house of God, but not in this church. We're looking for effectiveness. We're looking for Christians who will be fruitful. This is the year, Lord. I'm going to be fruitful. I'm not going to let the babes, I'm not going to let the babes uh, 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 increase. I'm not going to let the babes prophesy. That's why I love to see the young people in the church and love to see the young. Sometimes, you know, you, we wonder, I don't know if it's a good idea to open the mic, but God just said, you know what? What my people need to see is courage because we're always looking for called. We're always looking for the well-spoken or the well-spoken of. The Bible says, beware of those that are well-spoken of because the Bible says even the prophets were treated as such. Epipto, fallen away, lost our course, inefficient because, because we, we, we've planted seed. We've put our hands to the plow, but times of, of discouragement come, times of heartbreak come, time, times of losing come. And then all of a sudden, you know, just like in the book of Numbers, the Bible says that the criticizers and the complainers arose. The criticizers and the complainers arose, and God says, I'm going to put a stop to this. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to make a distinction right now. Bring everybody, bring your rod. And whom I choose will blossom. Whom I choose will grow. Whom I choose will bear fruit. Sometimes it's in the least likely places and the least likely people, God will flourish. The, God will flourish. You know, as I was reading the book of Numbers, you know, the Bible, got God sent plagues. He sent the fiery serpents. The people complained and they murmured against the Lord and against Moses and against Aaron. You know, we need complainers in the church. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, we need complainers. We need critics. We need critics in the church. We need complainers. You know why? Because it only makes us better. Believe it or not, it makes us better. Not with any arrogance. We just need people to help make us better. And the Bible says, look at all the critics, look at all the complainers. I'm just going to distinguish myself over his life or over her life. So just thank God for the critics. Thank God for the complainers. Because without the complainers and without the critics, there will probably never be any growth. I know that I used the, the, we had this one couple in the church and uh, we used to print a bulletin every week. And, you know, they were always finding misspellings and all this kind of stuff. They were never satisfied. And, and uh, they would hand it to me every week, kind of like my sermon notes with a bunch of red markings everywhere. 
edit. They would edit it and everything. Finally, I just, I felt like telling them, why don't you come in and sit behind the computer? Since you know all the proper grammar and you know where all the punctuations and the hyphens go, why don't you come? But, but you see, we got to be kind and we got to love people, right? We can't go plucking people out of the ground and out of the dirt. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, it's your season. It's your season. You should have brought some flowers. You should have gave her flowers. How many of you guys know what happens if you don't give her flowers? If you don't give her flowers, guess what? She'll criticize and complain until you give her flowers. She'll make you a better flower bearer. <laughs> That's, you guys are laughing. Here's what the Lord told me to tell you. And I know there's a lot of suffering saints. Your season of suffering, enduring pain and loss are over. It's your season. Somebody say, it's due season. I'm due for a miracle, Lord. I'm due for blessings. I'm due for growth. I'm due for fruitfulness. I'm due for a miracle. I'm due for a promotion. I'm due. I'm due. It's due season. A few weeks back, we prayed for Elder Wilfred sitting in the back office. And Lord, I, I said like this, Lord, we pray that he, his season is due for that kidney. Or was it a liver? We joked in the back, said, hopefully they don't give you some other kind of surgery. Because nowadays, they make mistakes. Your storm isn't going to last. Your season of fall, your season of no growth, your season of darkness, your season of storm. I know you felt like leaving Texas, but I'm staying in Texas. I know it looks greener over there, but you stay right here where there's fall and winter because eventually the seed that you've planted, it will bud. It will bud. In Genesis, in Genesis chapter, what is it, three? The Bible says, well, the earth remains. Genesis 8. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. God says you're going to have seasons of growth, you're going to have seasons of seed time, and you're going to have seasons of harvest time. How many of you guys know that God says this is your season of harvest time? Sowing seed is never out of season. You cannot reap where you have not sown. And if you are not reaping a harvest, maybe you ought to say, Lord, I need to plant seed. I will be, I will be that beast of burden. Your season of barrenness and unfruitfulness is over. I said last week, and I don't want to reemphasize, but some of us have been so bitter, bitter and so sorrowful and losing a lot that our bitterness has hindered our growth. Our bitterness has hindered our fruitfulness. And I'm, I'm just here to say that your, your season is due for growth. Your season is due for growth. Everywhere you go might be closed, but in the church, we're open. Everywhere else you may go, it's closed season. The hunters, they, 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 they wait for open season. The hunters know what I'm talking about. Is it open? Is it open season? King Solomon built the throne room with the image of open flowers. So any person who would come into the temple would know that God is God who gives life. That he is the God of new seasons and he's the God of new opportunities. He's the God of new birth. It's not always going to be fall. It's not always going to be gloomy. It's not always going to be dark. It's not always going to remain closed. It will bloom. But you got to get in line with God's word for your life. It might be barren and unfruitful outside from where you came from. But in here, 
the flowers are blooming. I made up my mind. The government's going to do what they're going to do. They have no investment in your harvest. They don't have no investment in your growth. They don't have, they're not about saving souls. They're not about the evangelio. They're not about the evangelism. They're not. They're not about evangelism. They're not about saving souls. Oh, they say they're about life. Saving your life. It's let's save lives. Let's save lives. And I'm not condemning anybody. Do what you got to do. But I'm not going to listen to a government that's telling me we're about saving your lives and we're going to fast track the needle, but we just passed infanticide and assisted suicide in the state of New Mexico. And that grieves the heart of God. And I'm not going to say no more. I ain't pushing the needle. I'm not going to use my influence. You do what you got to do. I'm here to preach the word of God. Amen. If God told you to do whatever you do, whatever you got to do, but the government has their place and the health, they can make all their orders, but I'm going to preach the word of God. Preach the word of God. Jeremiah chapter one, the Bible says that God said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, well, let's go to verse 10. See, I have this day set over you the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and pull down to destroy and to throw down to build and to plant moreover the word of the lord came to me saying notice jeremiah what do you see and i said lord i see a branch of an almond tree then the lord said to me you have seen well for i am ready to perform my word. I love it how I read in the New Living Translation. God says, I am watching. I am taking notice. And I will act. What was he going to act on? The judgment of the nations. The judgment of the kings and the kingdoms. Who were promoting evil. Who were coming to persecute. God says, I'm watching. I'm watching and I'm coming to perform my word. He will perform his good word towards us. And the Bible says that he is also the God of terror. Towards those that don't know him. Jeremiah, God says, what do you see? Jeremiah says, said, Lord, I see an almond tree. What was, what was the fruit? What was the flower that was birthed on Aaron's rod? Almond. Why almond? Real quickly, I could just tell you that, and you can Google this. If you use Bing, Bing it. The almond tree, how many of you guys know, is the first tree to blossom. And the last tree to bear fruit. And you know that Jesus, he is the first fruits of the grave. And God says, I'm going to make a distinction. I know there's a lot of visionaries and dreamers. There's a lot of people that are wanting to bloom. There's a lot of people that are wanting to grow. There's a lot of people that want God to do the miraculous in your life. But are you in season for a miracle? Are you ready for a miracle? You know that God said, I'm going to make a distinction. I'm going to show my favor on others and not on some. I'm going to bring new life into others and not on some. I'm going to bring fruitfulness on some, but not on others. But you choose, you choose, you choose whether you want to grow. You choose whether you want to be inefficient. You choose if you want to be that beast of burden. You choose. Sowing time and harvest time are always in season. In your darkest seasons, you must continue to seek fruit. Even when you're planting and nothing's coming out. Even when you're planting and you're not harvesting. The Bible says in Habakkuk 3.17, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, through the, though the flock 
may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet I will rejoice in the Lord God I will joy in the God of my salvation see you got to understand that sometimes you're not buried fruit because it's not a season I could have preached this message two years ago but it wasn't in season but it's in season now because how many of you guys will say I'm open I'm open the flower fades and the word, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You know, sometimes, you know, your flower may fall. Even uh, Selena said, como la flor se marchito, ya me marcho. She says, you don't want me? I'm leaving. I was going to try to sing that song, but I decided not to. But in your seasons, when the flower fades and the flower has fallen, you got to get a hold of the rhema word of God. You say, Lord God, I'm going through a season of drought. And be honest with God. Lord, I don't feel like planting. I don't feel like sowing. Lord, I don't feel like it. But God says, you keep sowing because eventually you'll reap. Eventually you'll reap. And that's exactly what he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. He said, cast your bread upon the waters. He says, and it shall return to you. He says, plant that seed. He who, sow, he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. In the morning, he said, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. Lord, it's dark out there. Lord, it's dark. It's, this, that's not a good time to plan. God said, sow your seed in the morning and do not regard the clouds. See, some of you guys are looking for the windows of heaven to open. But God says the windows of heaven will not be open unless you Plant the seed and let them just plant it by faith. Don't look at the clouds. Some of you are looking at the clouds and God says, I'm not opening the windows of heaven because first you got to be an open flower. Open flowers, open windows, open doors. He who regards the clouds will not reap in the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand in those dark seasons. When you feel like leaving Texas and it's a storm out there, he says, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know, he says that four times in that chapter, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Somebody say, it's good. It's always good to plant. It's always good. It's always in season to sow. You don't know. There's a lot of adverse conditions, a lot of dark times, a lot of storms. God is causing people to grow all around you. He's, call, he's causing people to bear the fruit all around you, but it's your choice. You get to choose. You choose. You are where you are by divine assignment. This morning, you are sitting in this church by divine assignment. You may feel, Lord, I've been unbearing. I've been, I've not, I haven't been able to bear fruit. Lord, I haven't been able to grow. Lord, I haven't been able to. But God says, now I am calling forth fruit from your life. Now I'm asking you to be in season. Now I'm asking you to surrender to me and to be open. Be open. Do you feel barren and unfruitful? Do you feel like, man, I, I come to church, but my hand is withered? I've heard from God today, and he said, he'll anoint you. He said, he will bless you. Swallow your pride, because this is your day. God will cause you to grow. God will cause you to grow. That's why you're in church today. That's why you are here today. That's why God said, Solomon, when you build the temple, I want you to put flowers, open flowers everywhere so that when my people come in, they will see seasons of growth. They will see that I'm a God of opportunity, that I'm the God that brings new life and new birth. I don't know where you came from, but if your flower has faded, 
You're in the house of God, and God wants to bless you. He's giving you the picture of an open flower today. Because how many of you guys know that God has placed you in the church for such a time as this? You are here now to bear fruit. To bear fruit. There's a lot of dreamers. They have dreaming dreams for a lot of things. But you know what God told me about the dreamers? You got to stay right by the visionaries. Don't get past the visionaries. The Holy Spirit's on me. I got the fire. Because God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters. And if you don't believe it, there is a move of God happening in this little church. We are going to see increase. We're going to see fruit. The fruit that you didn't reap, the fruit that you didn't harvest, our children will harvest. Our children will harvest. You are where you are for a great purpose. I know it's gloomy out there. I know it's sad out there. I know it's dark out there. But just wait. You just keep watering. You just keep coming into the house of God. What did Paul say? Paul said, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. You just keep showing. God will give the increase. Why is it important for you to be in church? Why is it important for your family and your children to see you in church? Why is it that sometimes when you don't feel like being in church, when your life is so broken and so devastated, there's a lot of hurt and pain and suffering out there in the world. And some of us have, have, have jobs. We work with broken and hurt people and we carry their burden. We carry their pain and their hurt. And that's why you need to come to church. That's why you need to come in here and see open flowers. That is why you need to come in here and see God, believe God for new opportunities. You need to see people filled with hope and people filled with life. You need to be in the church so that you can go back out there and be life. And you know what God said in Psalms 48? He says, Zion, the house of God, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation. And the other translation says the elevation. Zion is on elevation. The joy of the whole earth is the Mount, is Mount Zion on the sides of the Norn, the city of the great king. How many of you guys know that the church is beautiful for situation? I know out there at home, you're, you're facing lonely nights. You have dark, depressed nights, but you come into the church and God says the church, it's beautiful for your situation. You come into the church and there's someone rejoicing over their blessing. There's someone receiving a miracle right there. Families are being put together together right there someone's believing God for a great door to open right there God is swinging up doors for someone else right there and God says the church is beautiful it's situated beautiful for situation that's why the church is important because it's beautiful for situation you ever wonder where elevation gets their name from it's right there just in case you thought of it Zion God said I'm going to put my house I'm going to elevate my house I'm going to elevate my house I'm believing that God will call us Every one of us to a new season of growth, new season of new opportunities, new season of, of, of harvesting, harvesting souls. And I know a lot of people are discouraged, just like in, the, in Exodus, the, the people were discouraged. They, they walked a mile, didn't see the breakthrough. They walked two miles, they didn't see the breakthrough. And then there was a war, and then there was an enemy, and then there was giants. And the Bible says in the book of Numbers 21, verse 4, that the people of God became very discouraged because of the way. 
because of the way they became very discouraged when they had to endure seasons of no growth, where they had to endure seasons of waiting on God. They had to endure hardship seasons. And God says, you've endured the seasons of hardship. You've endured the seasons of no, no, no growth. But now I am ready to pour out and I'm ready to allow you to glean from the harvest. Oh, your neighbor, I'm open. I'm open. It's open season. He said, I want you to put open flowers. I want you to put open flowers in the temple so that when my people come in, they will see growth. They will see vision. They will see dreams. They will get a glimpse of what their life could be. They will get a, a, a revelation word from God. And God says, I want you to be open flowers. I want you to be open. You got to be careful what you do in a famine. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, the Bible says that Elijah had departed. And Elijah, last week he was in Jericho. This week he's in Gilgal. And the Bible says that they went out into the field because they, they, they wanted a pot. They wanted a stew. He said, make the prophets some stew. Because how many of you guys know the prophets need to eat too? And the Bible says that they went out and they put a large pot to boil. And they went out and gathered wild vines and gathered wild gourds and they put it in the stew and they try to eat it and all of a sudden when they smelled it or when they taste it they said there's death in it you got to be careful with the wild flowers there's a lot of wild flowers out there saying oh put this into your life put this oh just put a little bit of this and put this and you got to be aware that there are open flowers and then there's that wild flower and then the Bible says that Elijah said, bring me some flour and put it in the bowl and serve it to the people that they may eat. Just like Jesus. Jesus never did one miracle the same way. Sometimes he put mud in it. Sometimes he put his word in it. He says, put some flour in it. What does the flour represent? The word of God, Jesus. Put some flour in it. You got, how many of you guys have been eating bitter stew? Wild flowers, no growth. You're consuming death. God says, put some flour in it. Clouds are full of rain. And the ground that has been sowed into will reap the windows of heaven if you're open. I'm going to close with this proverb. It says, whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit. And he who waits on his master will be honored. He who tends the fig tree will eat of its fruit. And he who honors his master, waits on his master, will be honored. How many of you guys know that there's a lot of fig trees that aren't being tended. There's a lot of lives that aren't being tended. There's a lot of ministries that are not being tended. And if you are not eating from the fig tree, it's because you have not attended to the fig tree. But I want to be the master. No, you wait on your, on your master's fig tree. If you're not faithful in that which is another's, I will not make you faithful in which is yours. A lot of ministries, a lot of ministers out there, they want their own. How many of you guys make a commitment today to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tend my master's fig trees. I'm going to tend my master's. You know, the Bible says that Jesus cursed the fig tree because it didn't have any fruit. Why? Because it was not in season. I haven't bared any fruit because I'm not in season. You know, that tree only was given one more year. He says, give it one more year and let me dig around it and let me add some dung in it. But I'm open. This is a season of growth. This is a season of bearing fruit. I'm not just up here giving you information. I want to help you increase in your life, increase in your ministry. I want you to increase in your faith. This morning, I am a super spreader. 
I felt like bringing one of those, you guys ever seen one of those, those super spreader uh, seed planters for grass? The government's been saying the churches are super spreading events, super spreading. Yeah, we are super spreading right now. Spiritually, I got a seed planter and I'm super spreading. And those that will get the hold of this seed, God says, I will bring an increase. Those who will get a hold of this word, God says, I will bring an increase in your life. I will, I will choose you to blossom i will choose you to blossom i will bring growth in the areas that you've planted but it's your choice it's your choice whether you see flowers or not there's life in here the church is beautiful for situation it's beautiful if you're hurting this morning the church is beautiful for situation if you're unfruitful this morning the church is beautiful for situation if you need a healing this morning you got god says the church is beautiful for situation it's your season it's your season miracles happening all around us it's up to you but i'm believing god for a new season it's dark out there i know it is it's scary out there yeah it is but in here there's open flowers in here if you receive this seed god says i'll bring growth in your life i'll bring growth into your life some of you have sown seed you've casted your seed and you're saying lord god where's my increase he said it's coming it's coming it's coming we stand to your feet this morning simple little teaching and there's so many of us we're saying lord where's my harvest where's my flowers lord adverse conditions You know, the Bible said that Jesus is the lily of the valley, the lily among thorns. Some of you have faced adverse conditions, doubt, hopeless situations. And God says, I can bring a flower. I could bring a lily. It was a very dark and sad time for us. And um, I was shopping for a tree. I didn't find the tree that I was looking for. But I saw this bush that caught my attention with these beautiful big flowers. And I said, I want that one. It was the Rose of Sharon. And I know sometimes you go through seasons of darkness and hopelessness and discouragement and depression. But the Rose of Sharon is here this morning. If you could just get a glimpse of Jesus and say, Lord, it's been dark. Lord, my flower has faded. My flower has faded, but I put my eye upon the rose of Sharon. I came in this morning and I was just praying and I said, Lord, I need, I need something to close this message with. And maybe they won't bear no seed in your life till many years from now. But it's your season right now. God will cause you to flourish. He'll cause you to bloom. And I grew up, I was raised by my grandparents. My grandmother, we lived in the projects in Guadalupe, California, and she would plant her rows of flowers. She would plant her garden. And every year she would say, next year, I'm planting another row. Look at the row in front of you. If you were to take ownership and say, Lord, I'm one flower, but I'm planting another row. I'm planting another row. I didn't get enough flowers last year. I didn't get enough fruit. I only got a couple of plants. But this year, Lord, I'm planting another row. I'm increasing. I'm increasing. I'm planting another row. Seasons are changing all around. Season is changing. You know, there's people in this ministry that have not left that have started coming here during this whole thing and have not left here. And that's what God is looking for. And I remember I used to see my grandma plant 
She liked to smoke those big old palmas. You guys seen those filterless cigarettes, palma? And, and they didn't get cancer. I don't know if it was because it didn't have no filter or because like Bill Clinton, she didn't inhale. And I remember I used to try to go out there and help her and she would never discourage me, but she would always tell me I was doing it wrong because she always would plant one or, you know, like three or four seeds. And I wanted to put the whole thing and get it done. That's not how you do it. See, some of you have just scattered seed and God says, no, I want you to prepare the ground, plant the seed and add another row. Add another row. Add another row. How many of you guys, you want God to add to your row? I want God to add to this message. I want God to add to this church. I want God to add to this miracle. We're about adding to the church. We're not about dividing and separating and closing the church. We're about being open. We're about staying open. Yeah. Some of those stories. As an infant, as a young toddler, I guess you could say I was angry little boy. And as I was writing this and reading my notes this morning, something just dawned on me when I was praying. Because how many of you guys know that we destroy, we destroy the fruit. And one of the things that you could do to a gardener is to step on his plants, step on his fruit, pull out his plants. And some of us have been destroying the fruit and destroying the plants. You know why? Because we're envious of other people's fruit. We're envious of other people's growth. Maybe we're angry. And I remember when I was a little boy, and I did it once or twice, and then I didn't do it again. But my grandmother planted a garden. I still remember where the garden's at. In my, pic in my mind, I could picture it. On Escalante Street, we lived right across from the schoolyard. And right along the schoolyard fence was my grandmother's garden. And I grabbed one of her big pumpkins, you know, the big ones that they used to wait and water and wait for it to grow and ripen. And I got a couple of them and I got them and I destroyed them on the vine. I did that a couple of times. I didn't understand the value in her work. And some of us have been crushed and we've been broken and we've been wounded and we've been hurt and we've ruined our own fruit. And this morning the Lord said, I want you to forgive. I want you to ask forgiveness for ruining the fruit. I've ruined fruit. And the Lord said, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna bring growth, you need to stop damaging fruit. You need to stop damaging lives and damaging your own growth because I will bring growth. Lord, forgive us for damaging fruit. Lord, forgive us for not growing. Forgive us, Lord God, for being bitter. Forgive us, Lord God, for envying the growth and the fruitfulness in others.